What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today! When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Forever. Dog. Okay, I have to, we have to start with, we have to address the elephant in the room, okay guys? There really shouldn't be an elephant in there. No, no, we have to talk about it, okay? We reviewed... No, he doesn't think it should be an elephant. He thinks you've picked the wrong animal. Oh, should there be a, um, feline? Here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. I have been invited back to this podcast and I will just say that... I am on strike from this podcast. Tess, you can't be and on strike. <laughs> I'm on strike as 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 a person. I'm a strike, but I am a loyal person. wife, and therefore I am unlike other times when I've been on this podcast. I am here as a supportive wife to do you <laughs> to do my husband a favor. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not. I am. You're welcome for my presence, but I am still banning. And completely quit this podcast. You can't bet for you're on it. I'm, no, no, no. As a wife, I am here. As a supportive wife, is there anything okay? But I still my ethics. I still ban this podcast <laughs> for everyone oh at home. What has happened is Black Man Can't Jump. Gerard, John, and James reviewed Cats, which was suggested. Who's in Black Man Can't Jump? Gerard, John, and James. Okay. Really? It's oh, interesting. No, 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 don't do this. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting because that's not what that's mm-hmm, not that's not mm-hmm. what I was gonna don't know. Okay. He's trying to divide. I'm trying to mm-hmm. bring it together. Don't know. No, no, no. What I'm simply saying is what I'm simply saying is is that Black McCann reviewed the movie Cats from John's suggestion. 
Oh, interesting. Why did John even have that suggestion? And this is the point. Now I'm turning it on John. Here's the thing. John brought our suggestion. We do it. Why did John have the suggestion? But John did not suggest him bring his wife which is the reason why he watched it Here's the thing. in the first place. So This is the thing. And this is the thing that I feel like all y'all have a problem well, with. All y'all. Well, y'all well, don't know. All y'all. I have expertise. But you just see me as a wife who can just come in you here. You say I more than anybody. You, I have expertise. And my expertise is in musical theater. Okay. I have seen cats on Broadway. I have seen the BBC version of it that they have this film stage version of it. And I'm the reason (laughs) that John Braylock went (laughs) and saw the movie the first time. And did was he able to form? Was he able to? Here's the thing. No, 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 John, stop. Here's the thing. Was, Can I ask? He, was the he able to form an opinion without saying my name? He did not, Tessa. He did not. Okay. What are you talking What? Were you, he named really? out you many times, Tessa. Yes. I formed my own opinion. Okay. And then I presented your opinion, which was a oh, different opinion you than presented. Mine. You, okay. I, once again, black men can't jump are not feminists because they feel <laughs> that they are going to... Because here's the thing, instead of bringing the expert to the space, you just use your own (laughs) mouth to say my brilliant ideas. That is the opposite of what Obama does. That's the opposite of amplifying a woman's opinion. Oh, boy. Here's the thing. Here's no, the reason. No, you we just take cats. your claim, you take your fame, you do your thing, and use my name and opinion and intelligence and giving you all of the knowledge that I had about cats that I explained to you during the movie. <laughs> then you went on and started talking like you had your own opinion. But you can't have your own opinion. Here's why we reviewed cla- cats. How many times Glow. did you say my name on that podcast? You guys I don't gonna know because I'm not wa- listening anymore. You guys got to do cats? You guys got to do cats. Brian K., are you going to cover the cats film? Sometimes it's fun to hear you angry. Natalie, Black Web Podcast, you guys should review cats. It's such Notice an Notice the one person he names is a woman trying to bring himself back to give I mean, he needed a woman first to make sure we have I said exactly. Glow. I said Natalie. I you said Brian. Here's, here's uh. The oh, flick yeah. chick. Oh, yeah. Francesca Hayward is half black. You just can't tell because the movie turned her into a completely white cat. Doesn't mean you should watch cats. Here's no the thing. one should. Here's the thing. Here's it's not cat even about Machina. me. If Black Men Podcast doesn't review cats, I'll quit Patreon. Here's Curtis, the thing. Curtis, are y'all going to review cats? Oh, yeah. Please this is what your cats. listeners want to listen to. Murphy, they want to listen wait for Black Men Podcast to, to review the new cats movie. It wasn't, it wasn't your idea to review cats. Uh-oh. I, you know I, what? It was the people's. The people's idea. It I was feel not, like I feel like this is is tearing us apart. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Wait, can, it, it's not about me and my expertise that I absolutely have. It can also be John also has a sister who is a biracial ballerina. She also has expertise that she could have been on this podcast <laughs> representing Ooh. her experience as a dancer and a biracial ballerina and seeing a <laughs> The bi- movie cats has nothing to do. <laughs> but 
there's an opinion there's an opinion about being a biracial ballerina <laughs> but the movie isn't about being a biracial and ballerina then it's biracial ballerina being covered in white that's an interesting thing that uh, an expert would have had but no you're gonna come on here and tell your thoughts from me crazy. Crazy. <laughs> <That voice. laughs> it feels um, like my screws are loose <laughs> Oh God! Really, man? I that's offensive. This whole time I've been that's here trying to stop doing. the violence, and you just gonna start off with that shit. That is, yeah, exactly. Draw. I'm saying. Wow. Thank you. Stick with I'm me. Losing. Wow. Stick with my me. mind. Wow, John. When, has, when has he ever been right? My screws are <sighs> loose. You know what, John? Oh my God! I don't. I don't think I want to do the podcast with you right thank now. Thank you. Thank you. I don't think because he's think offensive. Tuss, you know what, Tess? It's offensive. You. It's offensive. I don't even put on headphones because I don't want to listen to that. Here's the thing. Even <laughs> even that delivery no, was uh, weak. No, we're no, starting no, the podcast. No, the delivery was. I don't like the, anything about. It. I don't like the confidence uh, in it. No. Let's start the show. <laughs> Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. There's not a good sound effect from this movie. Uh, right? uh, oh, here's here's my. No, no one can see your arm swinging, so it doesn't work. Okay, here's another one. So my parents named me Loose, which means light. <laughs> what about... There oh is one. Gosh. There is one I want to say. How do you stand this? Oh, I hate it. It's not... Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're trying to do James' dumb bit. I don't know. There is a, there is a part that I want to say. It's just hard because I don't... When I, saying the ER word is very difficult. I'm very good at. I'm very no, good. Don't say that. What does he say? He it's says like, I'm very. I'm very good at acting. I'm very good at acting shock. Huh? I know that was, that was such a weird. It's such a weird part. It worked. It worked. It worked. That's the part. Who worked? Who worked? Uh, James <clears throat> the third is not. My name is Jonathan Braylock. I'm Draw Milligan. Let's just get that out of the way. All right. Well, okay. Can, you just you just brushed over my. I gotta say my name again because now you just kept talking over my mm-hmm. name. Sorry, let's do it again. My name is Jonathan Braylock. Is it cool for me to go now? I still want to start and then you say a whole other thing. He does take up what? a lot of space. He does, he? right? Yeah, he does. My name is Jonathan Braylock. Third time. I am Gerard Milligan. James III isn't here. See, see how you see? I didn't get a chance I to land. Finished. I wanted you to finished. land on Milligan. Can I? Can I have? Can I have the pause after Milligan so okay. like people can hear the last name? You don't need to say your name again. You don't, you don't. You don't need to say your name. <laughs> you don't need. Sorry. Continue. My name is Gerard Milling, and James the <laughs> Third is no longer here. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. He's no, no longer. Oh he passed God. away. <laughs> no, he's fine. He's on vocal rest. He should be back next week. His two weeks are up. <laughs> he's on vocal rest. I didn't yeah, know man, that. He, yeah, man, he, he has a no. Was what? It nose? Why, you didn't nose. tell me this. Yeah, he's like six it. James is Like he's like six it. Yeah, like it sucks. Oh, uh, we do have a guest today. Um, <laughs> Who's already made herself very known. <laughs> no, he, listen, I'm not saying. 
Oh, that people I'm don't sorry. know who the guest is. I'm yet. sorry. I Did I make myself known? Should I just sit here in the corner <laughs> and let you just wait for me? I'm so sorry. Oh, little old me. Did I take up too this much space to him, for right? you? Please oh. hope this is not. <laughs> oh, you don't. You know what? Don't even say my name. <laughs> just, just call me. Just call me a wife. That's what okay. I'll just say, just wife? your wife. We, we oh, no. Betty Boop. It's okay. It's like I'm so sorry that I made a fuss. <laughs> this is the worst. Oh, my God. I well, mean, we have all right. We have Test- talented comedians. Okay. Yeah. See, I was, was going to say that. Sure. I, I, we have the talented comedian, actress, the spokesperson for H&R Block. That's true. In the house. You see her all over the Honestly, for real, for real. I am You're stalk- everywhere, you know. Stalking like, America. <laughs> like this shit is crazy. Yes. My I'm stalking America right I, now. Man. Inescapable. Did, did it get, like, is it is it's more places than it was last year, right? Yeah, it's a lot more. Well, they have a lot more posters and pictures of posters me. Posters everywhere. And also like runners, like on the on the internet, like when the yeah, search yeah, yeah. engines. Like, like mm-hmm. when I'm on websites, yeah. like your face Banners. will be in the banner. Yeah, I'm winking at you. That's that <laughs> shit is crazy. Little gifts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We have Tessa Hirsch in the house. The tax bay herself. Hashtag yes. tax bay. Yo, honestly, it's crazy. That like it is and I guess it's gonna be even more for the first half of the season because we have first half of the year because January, February, March, April. Still got a lot more months before it? taxes. It's like, what's the what's the woman's name from um Flo. Flo. Stephanie has I mean, her name. Get, get or, this, yeah. Hell mm-hmm. yeah, we need a black woman getting this flu these flow checks. Um Oh uh, yeah, it's really fun. Oh, did you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is a beautiful introduction. <laughs> This is, the, this is gonna be terrible. I'm just gonna talk, you know, about the movie. That's all. We're talking about tax season. Okay, yeah, let's talk. Yeah, but ta- I think people should, you know, like you're really big on taxes, like outside That's of true. outside of H and R Block, and I think you know people really need to get on their taxes, man, because you can get fined, you know. Yeah, and also taxes. <laughs> yeah, you, they also like, taxes are also like a great time for people to reflect on their financial, like how they're like have more knowledge around their own mm-hmm. finances and look at how they're doing and how they use their money and where money goes and all of that. So it's a good time for, for reflection. So it's a good time True. for people of color to have a sense of responsibility over their own finances and True. feel like oh, knowledge wow. and expertise around it. And so I'm very proud to be a woman of color guiding folks to get support on having more competence around their money. Yeah. Wow. And it'd be the white Beautiful people in the say. commercials who don't know what's happening. Too. Like, I've been noticing that too. They'd be lost. It was like some white dude in the background. I was like, this brother don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, this brother, this brother don't know what's happening. It's a black one in the front smiling. Got it. <laughs> I get the messages. Uh, this movie. So, came out. When today out? we are reviewing the film Loose. L U C E. Oh, this director's young. This movie came out. Well, it premiered at Sundance last year, January 27th, 2019, and it was theatrically released on August 2nd by Neon. It's like a kind of an art house production company. Didn't they do Atomic Blonde and stuff like that? I feel like they did. I think they did. I loved that that, movie. There's like another, uh, I don't know. They do like, I feel like they do thrillers. They do a lot of thrillers, right? That's interesting. And I think uh, this movie could be considered This that. director went to, you know, one um, of those colleges. Now, this what does movie. That mean? A good college? NYU. <laughs> oh, look at this. One of the producers is Andrew Yang. It can't be the same Andrew Yang. No, though. apparently. Dude, he's young. He's like 30. He's 35. It <laughs> might be. Like, he's super young. He's super young. And from, well, he, Can you click on it? 
Uh, no, I can't. Went to Wesleyan, New York. Um, yeah, this dude is. Um, but uh, this movie, uh, you know, didn't. It, it was a very. Uh, it was small release, right? So it didn't really make that much money at all. Uh, only made two million dollars um, worldwide. Um, what was the budget? It's not. It's not telling me what the budget was. Got it. Uh, and I guess because it was purchased from it, it was it would have been made before Neon came and bought it. They probably bought it at Sundance. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um. And it does star uh, Octavia Spencer, uh, Naomi Watts, uh, Tim Roth, and then uh, newcomer. Wait, is it Kelvin Harrison Jr.? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. And what has he been in? Kelvin? So Kelvin, so Kelvin got big because Kelvin, the director of Wave. So Kelvin is also going to be in the photograph that's coming out. Oh, uh, yeah, and he was in the movie Waves, and the director of Waves. Kelvin was discovered in the South because he um, he lived in New Orleans, uh, and he was in that movie. Uh, it was a horror movie. The director who directed Waves. It, it was, comes uh, at night. It comes at night. Hmm. The director fell in love with him. How like, could you not? Like he's very him. lovable. He's so good. He's so charismatic. <clears throat> and he very, he's very innocent looking. Yeah. So it's like he could be very mischievous, but it's like, oh, you look innocent. So I trust. Yes. You. Um, but he, I mean, he's he got named uh, next generation. Like he was named. He was the only black person named um, as one of the the rising generation. Uh, he's in a. He's in a I guess he's sm- probably a smaller part in a lot of these, but he was. He's like. Labeled as victim two in Twelve Years a Slave. Wow. He had um a small part in Ender's Game. Um He's climbing that he had a big part in um, the Birth of the Nation. He had a big indie that put him on. Um men uh uh uh, Monsters and Men. Monsters and Men. Monsters and Mm. Men. Monsters and Men. Apparently he was in a he was a small part in Mudbound. That's awesome. He's what just he? doing his work. That's what it says. He's doing it. This is what he got. He got the BAFTA Rising Star Award. Good for him. I, he's in it. He's sounds like he's been, you know, putting in the work and and you know climbing the ranks. And also, the beauty of something like that too is I think people always forget what. Um, I think people a lot of times forget the relationship between a director and an actor and like mm-hmm. how that is so beneficial for both parties. Like the the actor gets to work in great movies. The director gets to have their muse. And, you know, we've seen really good partnerships. We've seen like Marcel Sazy and like uh, Robert De Niro. Now he kind of works with um, Leonardo DiCaprio a lot. A lot of Denzel's earlier popular movies were with um, Spike Lee. And then to watch, to watch Kelvin, and honestly watch um, Trey Edward Schultz get on mic. Who oh, and Trey Edward Schultz um, is so beautiful because he wrote Waves for him, and the reason the family is black in Waves is because he wanted it to be Kelvin. Kelvin. Oh wow! And so like, I mean, I know the movie didn't come out in like <laughs> make waves. Food of Braylock, <laughs> make waves. <laughs> um, you know, waves didn't make waves, right? Okay. I mean, I said, I just, I just, I just made wow. that joke. This is what he does. This is what he does for me. That's why he's like, Tessa said, and he just repeats somebody just else's want idea. To know that it's, it's not a sexist thing. I, you do it to everybody. Oh, it's just a <laughs> great. It's just a Braylock thing. It's just a Braylock thing. <laughs> no, but I do like it. I do love what he's doing. <laughs> Apparently he's up for like some big, 
um, franchise. Uh, so Ooh, I would love him. to watch him. I, I mean, he's a delight on screen. <laughs> I would yeah, watch him. Mike. Wait, so, okay, he's in Waves as well. Well, Waves also, yeah. Well, this movie, it's a, I can't find any real, like, or I guess we'll talk about it. This movie has 91% of Rotten Tomatoes. Good. 91? Yeah. Wow. That's great. Oh, no, Shantae, one of our teammates, kept telling us to review this movie. Like when it first came out, he saw it when we were filming Astronomy Club. He's like, you got to watch this movie, lose. And then he got mad that we never did it. He took it so personal. But now we're doing it. So great. Um, yeah, it took us a while. Well, the reason we didn't do it is because we know that very few people had seen it. But now mm-hmm. it's on Hulu. So if you haven't seen it, uh, please watch it before we yes. talk about it. Yeah. Um, it's on Hulu. Please. Um, you know, if Take- you don't have Hulu, get that free trial thing. <laughs> Oh, borrow, barter. Bar- I trade. Yeah. I trade passwords. Trade all the some time. passwords. You can get it. Um, and it has Octavia Spencer in it. I think the thing that the other thing that was a little tough is that uh, Ma was a little pushed a little more. Mm-hmm. It came out before this, mm-hmm. and it had Octavia Spencer playing a really like disturbing, you know. Ugh character i never saw it thriller almost horror genre kind of thing and this movie is not like that but the trailer made it seem like because it was pitting you know the the kind of you know premise of this movie is like you have a kid uh and uh and a adopted um uh he was eritrean he was not uh, he was from nigeria from a a war-torn kind of uh, background. Um, Wait, did you just say he's from Nigeria? His character was supposed to be. No, from Eritrea. They said Eri- oh, they Eritrea. Said Eritrea. Sorry, mm-hmm. the director is from Nigeria. Oh, my God. bad. I think it may be based on his life. I'm going to look it up. But okay. the director's from Nigeria. Oh, so. wow. But, really? Um, it was kind of like there was this tension between this black this black kid and a his black t- teacher and the parents were kind of and it seemed like the parents had to figure out like who was telling the truth. And so it seemed like another character role that Octavia Spencer is playing of like a woman who suspicious not to be trusted suspicious not to be trusted so I feel like people were like well I already saw Ma you know what I mean Um, but also this just didn't have the advertising dollars behind it enough and it feels like it's interesting it's like one of those thriller movies that um, talks about race a great deal but um couldn't talk about it. It's like to keep the thriller going, you can't actually really talk about what the film is about in terms of uh, its marketing campaign, or at least that's what they chose. And therefore, it wasn't really an Oscar play. It was more trying to get the thriller audiences. And I feel like thriller audiences were like, oh, this isn't enough of a thriller. So I don't know. That's my guess. I don't know why people didn't see it, but that's my kind of guess. I think that might be a pretty astute, actually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you might be really... Right. Uh, um, <clears throat> but shall we do our initial? Th- is there anything else to say about it? I feel like no. No. Yeah. no, no, no. All right. Shall we do initial thoughts, Tessa? Would Tessa, you like you to go to... first? Sure. Thank you. Um, I love this movie. I think everyone, like, if, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, like, uh, please, like, take the time to watch this movie. I think it's really, really wonderful. Um. I think it's really well done on, on a lot of levels. It's a beautiful thing to watch. There's like, visually it's beautiful. Um, not like cinematic, but it's just like well done. Um, and um, I love the characters. They're like thorough. Um, I think that there's like 
a, it's a, a movie that discusses race in what I think is a really realistic way um, that like really gets into the nuance of race and racial identity that like really hit home for me. I mean, very personally, and we can like get more into that. Um, and I think it was like super realistic and really um, discussed in a nuanced way from both a black experience and a white experience and like a, a, like within the black experience, like the nuance of that um, and the, within the white experience, the nuance of that. I just thought it was so well done. I loved how much it left me questioning and wondering. I was really confused in a good way for the first like 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> like like what is who you know like really left me wondering and trying to put tie things together in a way that I love a movie doing um it I couldn't get ahead of it um and I really liked that um and um it was a bunch of flawed characters which I also really find dynamic and interesting um so I I just I just loved it you know there are two parts of this movie that I felt were unrealistic and bad um directorial choices Mm. um and yet they were acted very well Mm. um so it worked and I was I was so engaged with the movie that I accepted it but I, I, I think this is a fantastic movie and I I honestly wish it was it got more recognized yeah, sure. warming up. Yeah, um, I thought the acting in this movie was great. Like I thought it was acted very well. I thought the tension was built in a very, very good way. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't get ahead of it. I do think it's a hard part for me, and it, I think it's now after reviewing a couple of movies where this is starting to happen. I do think I am a moviegoer that likes, um an answer or like I need I need to like I sometimes it's hard for me because I feel like sometimes movies will end on one of those like oh what is really happening Mm -hmm. moments but it feels on purpose where Mm -hmm. sometimes for me like inception yes and I feel like oh that is a very creative way to do it but sometimes I feel like I watch a movie in the ending (laughs) and it doesn't have an ending because I feel like the director or writer didn't know how it should end and I'm not (coughs) excuse me and that movie, this movie kind of gave me that kind of feel. It felt like we got to a point where it was really tense, really confusing. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, snap. How's it going to end? Right. And then when it ended, I was like, oh, you don't know either. You know? <laughs> but, but it still was really good. Like it, This was a movie um, where as a, a black actor, it's like, damn, this is the part you want. You know what I mean? Yes. Like this is the part. You want to go toe-to-toe with Naomi Watts in this scene. You want to go toe-to-toe with Octavia Spencer in multiple scenes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just like, man. And you can, and it's so funny because um, I know some people believe in different things, but like I, I do think when you're in scenes with people, the characters initially will always want to fight and like someone, someone wants to win the scene or win the argument or win the moment. And in this movie, there was a scene in particular where I'm like, my man was doing too well. And Octavia Spencer was like, oh, nah, nigga. And it's like, she like, her voice, it was like um, when they were in the house. They were in the house, and sorry to skip ahead, but it was like, it's a scene I just think is such a good acting moment. And like, you know, Kelvin is like tearing up, which kind of, again, gives you that feeling of like, yo, what is happening with this kid? Mm-hmm. Like, is he good or is he bad? 
And then he's like, that's not for you to make the decision. She's like, it ain't. It's for you. And her, like, the way her boys did the yell, like, oh, shit. Yes, you she- were mad. <laughs> it was like, I've been yelling at my mom. And, like, when that voice starts cracking and your body don't know what to do, I was like, this shit is great. So I thought the acting was really good. I thought her sister, oh, my the gosh. actress who played her sister, I was like, oh, Wait, my God. I forgot to look um, her up. I thought she was phenomenal. But for some okay. reason... This is a movie I don't think I would watch again. It's not because it's bad, but I do think maybe it's just not for me because it's just like too heady or I, I don't. Hopefully, when we talk about the podcast, I can figure it out. But it was like it wasn't enjoyable. It was not an enjoyable um, experience. And I'm like, huh, it was good, but I didn't like it. If that makes sense, like I enjoyed it, but I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Like I don't know, like. You enjoyed it, but you didn't like it. Yeah, like it's a good movie. And I'm like, oh man, I got to see these wonderful actors act. This is cool, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily like watching the film at all. So yeah, that's where I'm at. But it's not bad, right? Like, I don't I mean it's bad. <clears throat> it's tough. I mean, I think what you're speaking to is probably one of the reasons the movie didn't do well uh, in the box office. Um, that said, there's also another part of me that's like, if if the wor- if like for instance this movie got the power of say a marriage story or you know the irishman behind it in terms of like the just the ad campaigns and people being like this is uh, this movie mm-hmm. or bombshell or something like that like would th- would more people have seen it would more people be talking about it and would it be different um I really, I do really like this movie. It's like, I don't know if it's a movie I would see again, but I think that's true of a lot of movies that I that I've I've enjoyed, but I wouldn't necessarily see again. I think the one thing about this movie that I liked so much was that it, um, there's so many conversations. Like, I'm excited to do this podcast because I actually think it like brings up a lot of different questions and like moral dilemmas yes. and, um, Absolutely. just philosophical debates and conversations. So I think you're right. It is like it is a very heady movie. So that's more that does appeal to me, I think, more than maybe um, the average moviegoer, because at the end of the day, I thought the way that they did the thriller was very good. Like it was it really it really did have you questioning and guessing and all that stuff. For sure. I actually think there were answers in the end. It's just that it feels like there wasn't. And I feel like the reason that it feels like it there weren't answers is because when it's all said and done, the actual thrill, the actual mystery part of it was not as big as it seemed when it started. Uh, so like when it starts, you kind of are like, is this kid like, and they never actually explicitly say this, which I think is probably to the movie's credit. Cause it makes you question like what's happening. You're kind of like, what's going on, but they never actually say what it is that, is bothering everyone like what what does this mean you know the dad asked the question in the very beginning in the early on in the film where where the mom's like he did that like he had fireworks like he might be lying to us he had fireworks in his locker he wrote this paper this like about this in the vein of this really violent person and then the dad's like well what are you trying to say like are you trying to say our son is like a terrorist and she was like, no, of course not. But that kind of is what you have to think because otherwise it's just like, oh, our son is like acting up and has like 
that's yeah, that's part of it. That though. is yeah. part of it. That's yeah. part of it. <clears throat> I thought they thought he was supposed to be like a school shooter. They, the worry was like right. he was going to be a shooter. Right, right, right. But nobody ever says that. No. But they but yes, that. in the back of your mind, it has to be something like he's going to be a school shooter. He's going to be a serial killer. He's going to like become some type of revolutionary who's going to blow something up. Like it has to be the level you have. Your mind has to go to that level of violence. But the reality, once everything's peeled away, is like. I don't know if anybody was actually worried about that. And it was more just about like, hey, you need to make sure you're not making these missteps because you need you do need to be perfect because you're you are like the black the one black kid who's going to do good in this school. And all that stuff is kind of like in the background. And the movie was like, why don't we bring all that stuff that I think people are thinking when they bring up these conversations to the foreground and make it seem like everybody, this is what we're worried about. So this is what the audience is worried about. And then you kind of realize like the stakes were never actually that, that high, if that makes sense. Mm. I mean, it's hard for me. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard for me because these are one of those movies where, and it's, it's only because we didn't review waves, but after watching it, um, I remember talking to my friend Dave and I was like, Oh man, this movie is really good. But I can't figure out why it wasn't that popular. And the thing is, and I kind of feel the same way with this movie, is I think Kelvin is a, an example or can be an example of what happens when um, a person of color gets a part that normally a white kid would get. Because he's playing these parts mm-hmm. that are, I mean, even his parts in uh, the, the horror movie, the rest of the family's white. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's playing these parts so well but something isn't clicking and i think sometimes it's because i keep trying to point fingers like why does this work but i'm like if this was like timothy chalamet or some shit it didn't been like oh my god this chalamet. is another was this was this how you say this chalamet chalamet it's like we this would be another version of we need to talk about kevin you know what i mean like right. it, it's exactly. just what it is i completely agree with you i stopped like in the middle mm-hmm. of the movie when when john and i were watching it i said I told him, I said, we're never going to find out what, who, whether he's, whether he fully did it and what he did and what he didn't. Mm. It was very clear, like, that we're not, they're never going to give us this answer. And I told him, this reminds me a lot of the movie Doubt. The, oh, yes. Uh, Shanley. Well, um, the Vi- Shanley. Viola. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is Viola? It, um, that's, um, it's like. She, she got Viola, the Oscar nomination. She's in it. She's the mother of the black oh, kid. Oh, that's right. Oh, my. Oh, God. Who's the course. black kid? Who's the black right. kid? Right. Uh, he's the one that, um. Said says that there was that a he thing. Got touched. Oh yes. yeah. And we don't ever get to know and there's all of this like suspicion that gets bounced around and that was like such a revered and admired film and I think you're really touching on something because I think that the pace of this movie and the lack of answers and like these dynamic like scenes where like these actors and characters go head to head is like such a familiar form of cinema that we love and revere and is so revered and awarded and celebrated when it's an all-white cast right or like a per- led by by a, a white cast and, and and for whatever reason either because people don't know how to advertise it or exp- explain mm. what they're about to get like they aren't bringing in the audience that loves this type of film or mm. I don't know exactly what happens but this film is so similar to that in that yeah. way and yeah. yet it didn't get I mean there's a lot of people who just don't know the film exists yeah I think it's tough because I think it it is hard because as we keep reviewing this podcast and I keep thinking about 
we're at the Oscar season again. <laughs> and, um, you know, every time we talk about these movies, the only difference I personally can tell is that it has to be skin color to understand. It has to be to, it has to be relatability to, to a version of these things. Whereas again, I keep using him as an example because if I look at Timothy, Timothy did one movie that people liked a lot and has been given so many opportunities. Call me by your name. One movie. He was in birth. He was in, um, Lady Bird too. That came out, but he wasn't. But you weren't watching Lady Bird, being like, "Oh, Timothy was great in this." But but he was in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying, like, "Call Me by Your Name" was such a big deal for him. Where I'm like, "Oh, people saw this movie because I think it is a thing of of having our academy, having a lot of the 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 movie body be white men, different versions of white men, different versions. And in that movie, that is a very important version of a white man. It is. It is. Yeah, a, a white man who who we man. thought was straight, but then was gay, but he's still trying to figure something out. I think mm-hmm. that is a very important thing. Whereas this movie is a black kid who isn't hood, you know, but comes from a very rough area, and he's in a very white world. But it's not even about his skin color to a very high extent. It's not like it's not like he's disliked by his class because he's black. It's he's like, like he's, he's actually he's, not, not even in that white a world. He's exactly. in a pretty diverse world. And I think right? that's the thing. It, yeah, I think it's a really underrepresented world and mm-hmm. community experience that he's in. It's so interesting for me. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, no, wait. go ahead. Yeah, I think it's so interesting for me because uh, I deeply relate to this character mm, mm. Um, on a million levels. And I'll share now, like, so I'm adopted. Mm. Both my parents are white. I have multiracial siblings. And I grew up, um, the first half of my life, I grew up in um, a, a predominantly, a very predominantly white upper class area. Mm. And then we moved to a much more diverse area that was very similar to the way that that school was, where there were mm. lots of leaders, the student body president, the captain of whatever, all lots of people of color in leadership roles and, mm. and success. And there were also folks, like it, it was really, um, class was, there was a, a variety of class and that was a little bit more of a segregating element somewhat but it was really quite diverse you know like Gaithersburg Maryland is known as a very diverse area mm-hmm. social economically religiously and racially so I, I just really related to Kelvin in this in terms of the experience of also like this like pedestal like we're so excited about this like person of color who is so successful and we love this leadership and it makes all of us happy kind of thing. And also like the complications of like white parents navigating, raising a a person of color and like all of the complications of, of that. Mm. There are important differences Mm. between me and him. Um, But, um, but I like, I think that this whole world that they are representing is a very real world There's that is not seen. We're often just shown a black community or a white community. And there's so many people in America who are living in a much more diverse and nuanced experience mm. than that racially um, that we never get to see. And for the an audience who's not practiced in seeing it, we don't understand what we're looking at, you know? Right, yeah. What's up, folks? This podcast is sponsored by Earning. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn could be in your hands today with Earning. 
Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Think about it. Say you're going out for a special date or it's getting hot, y'all. You might need a fresh outfit for brunch or something nice. Or maybe you just want to feel good and take yourself to dinner. Earning can help you today. Make earning a part of your financial routine and join earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Download Earning today. That's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign in. It'll help the show out. Jump Under Podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period. See Earning.com slash DOS for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. So you open Google Chrome on your phone. You're hunting for a super rare first edition vinyl of a band you're obsessed with when you're supposed to be working. But the site you tapped on seems pretty shady. And Daryl from IT just jumped up from his desk. Oh no, he's coming your way. It's a good thing built-in malware protection keeps you safe and sound. Not from Daryl, though. Sorry. There's no place like Chrome. Download Google Chrome on your phone. Hi, this is Will Arnett. I, we, are inviting you to follow us as we go on tour and we take our podcast, Smartless, on the road. Join us and watch any boundaries we previously had disappear. Like you've never seen us before, you'll see us on the road, ordering lunch, roasting each other, and on stage as we surprise each other with a mystery celebrity guest in each city. Boy, that sounds amazing. Welcome to to Smartland! Don't miss our new series, Smartless on the Road, streaming May 23rd, only on Max. Subscription required. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I, so, I kind of, like, I kind of agree with what you guys are saying, except... I don't, I think it has, I think it's less to do with just the fact that they're, that the leads or that one of the leads, the main lead is black. It's more about the, what the movie is talking about, which is at the end of the day, this movie is about race. 
Yes. But it's not about race in the very clean, uh, dualistic way that Hollywood likes to portray race, which is here are the bad racist people and here are the good non-racist people. So all the movies that deal with race that the Oscars promote, like freaking Green Book, are like, here's racism. Here's blatant racism. And here's somebody who's learning blatant racism is bad. It's bad to not like people just because they're black. This movie is way beyond that. It is very smartly and astutely talking about how how hard it is to grow up black in America for several reasons. The main, the, this person is, he has the label of he's the good one. Mm-hmm. We have so many references in the film mm-hmm. of people being like, like, I mean, the principle is the most, right? Like, <laughs> we should clone you. You know, you turned out, you're different from the others. You know what I mean? His he, friend calls him, um, he's like, his friend is like, you're the such such is black, but he's like, I'm black too. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. Not that black. Not black. Like black. He said, yeah. His boy is loose. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. You're not that black. And the other dude is like, yeah, we can't all be Obama. Like, yeah. he right. was like, you call, like, another black person called him Obama, right? Yeah. Yep. And he was like, you're the, what we talk on this, what we talk about on this podcast, the exceptional Negro. Mm-hmm. And he has been labeled the exceptional Negro. And he, in the, his main struggle in the movie is being like, I don't want to be that for several reasons. One, it doesn't feel fair. Like I, I've, I'm overwhelmed by it. I can't live up to the expe- those expectations. But also, I'm I feel guilty that I'm getting privilege, privilege, oh. and all these and these other black dudes who are my peers are not. Yeah. Like he, so he's feeling his own guilt about that, and he also wants the, he wants to act out, but then he feels like I can't act out because I like. And it's normal for a, for a teenager. Because eyes are on me. Yeah. And there's yeah. just to add on to yeah. that, also the additional of this black teacher who absolutely is experiencing everyone within their boxes mm-hmm. and and wanting everyone to see the boxes that they're in and acknowledge it and have the responsibility of mm-hmm. those boxes. And the like, honestly, like in my perspective, the unfair responsibility that she's imposing right. on these students mm-hmm. around their identity that she's labeling them as and they're, and giving them the responsibility to where she thinks she's protecting them. Right. I mean, you can tell, it's so funny because two things. I think the difference between this movie and remember, like you were hitting on it is that everything is so nuanced where it's like if you watch Green Book, if I watch any slavery movie, if I watch Get Out, the racism is so blatant that someone so in modern day era can be like, oh, I get it. I'm not that person. I'm not that person. That sucks. But like, even and, and I try to bring this example up, not because I'm trying to defend white people, but it's hard because as a man, there are certain things that I'm realizing now that I do. So when people call me out, I was like, what? That's not what I was thinking, even though that's what the outcome is. Like, mm-hmm. the outcome is if you say a certain thing, that hurts somebody for this reason. I think we live in a world where no one wants to be considered bad. No one wants to be considered homophobic. Racist. No one wants to be racist. No one wants to be sexist. Even though you will have a tendency to do one of those things. It's like, oh, just listen to the thing that someone's telling you. Or like, look at it. Like in this movie, so many things happen. Even when he's talking to Naomi Watts at one point, he's like, yo, are you sure that you're not one of the things I need to be protected from? Like to his mom. Yeah. And he's like, yo, that is a real thing. I had a teacher who used to say things to <laughs> oh, me. And I'm like, so powerful when he said is. that. I was like, Damn, because that's a part of the thing, but that's so hard for her to take. But she's like, all I've so always wanted to, to do was help. Yeah, but that 
You're not listening. That's the hard part is I feel like everyone wants to help somebody, but no one ever wants to listen. And this yeah. movie points fingers at people who would watch this movie. Right. And I think that is one of the things huh. why. And they, you know. but here's the thing: I don't even think they're. I don't even think they're offended and leave angry. I truly think it just yep. goes right over their head. Yep. Yeah. I think people watch it and they're like, "I don't get what I." Because and this is why I. This is why I, I was like, "I'm." I don't actually think it's like doubt or even we need to talk about Kevin because those both of those movies have very clear moral dilemmas, which is we don't have for doubt. It's like we don't have proof. But this person was accused of touching a little kid, and and the this institution either can protect him or we can cast them out. And I don't know what's right, and I you know, but that's the main kind of thing. And then like we need to talk about Kevin is like the mom's like, I think our freaking kid, our little tiny kid, is a psychopath and might hurt somebody. You know, like and that's what she's saying kind of the whole movie, and it's kind of going back and forth. This movie. Like I said, it's like it kind of takes those that idea that's in your back of your mind, but it never explicitly says it because it's not actually what the movie is about. The movie isn't about like it it would be different if this movie was actually just about like, did this kid who grew up in a war torn air thing gonna gonna become a violent war lord? You know what I mean? Like it's not saying that. It's really like I don't know, what's what happens when our image of this of this exceptional Negro is tarnished and the I, responsibilities and all that stuff. You know what, John? I I really, I'm not sure that I think that this movie is about race. I actually think that this movie is much more of a moral dilemma of like, when do we protect? When do we challenge things? Who do we, like, who, who are we suspicious of? You know what? What level of honesty do we have? When? What level of of lying and omitting of truths do we have? Like, where where does loyalty come in first? Like, I think that that is actually the movie, and it just is told by a brilliant screenplay and director who is a person of color. So therefore, race and racial dynamics are an included element of this dynamic. I'm not sure it's about race. Do you feel like this film, if this, if the main character was white and Octavia was a white teacher, do you feel like this film would have the driving? You know what I mean. If if it still had the element of this child came from a violent war torn space where they were using guns before they learned how to drive, like he said in that character, right? So that they had the potential to go back to this violent nature that he was raised in and this trauma and there was a fear and potential for that. If they, that element of the story still existed, then, and, and, and in some way the teacher felt some similarity in that to that kid. So therefore a sense of protection over that kid or an awareness or like, I see this kid better than their parents do kind of concept. If if we could, could still create that connection, I absolutely still think that it would like, the, the story would still um, work very well. And the this idea of who's right and who do we trust and when do we lie and when do we protect and how do then and suspicion being passed from person to person to person uh, you know is still absolutely there it's Uh. tough because octavia says something earlier in the movie to the guy who's kicked off the track team 
um, I think it might be one of her first scenes in the classroom where like a white girl is talking about um, she's kind of talking she's talking about like I know she it, mentioned slavery she mentions like they're the looking state of the at world. the old civil rights movie yes. of, like okay, of like the confederate flag being put up yeah. and talking about like that that the white student is like it's not like laws are laws and Octavia saying it was a different time it, yeah it was a different yeah, time then because Octavia because the, the black kid is on his phone Octavia walks over and goes this may just be frivolous for her but for you this could be life and death right. and i was right. like and there's something about that statement where i agree i agree with both of you like i don't think it's necessarily about race but i think because it deals with people of color no matter what we do in life race is a thing we just yes. naturally have to deal with exactly. and i think that's what she was addressing like i remember i had a teacher who right who i remember after school would make me do diction classes because she goes you're from a certain area you sound a certain way no matter what exact words i never forget it no matter how smart you are you still will sound like a thug that was her exact words you always sound like a thug oh man and you could tell she meant she was trying her best to be helpful yeah and she was like a british white woman and so to pass the class it was it was in um um, film school to pass the class had to stay with her every week to have diction classes uh so much so when i went back to dc people made fun of me for sounding black and i think what this movie was hitting on especially with viola's conversations is that no matter who you are, even if you are the hood black dude, even if you are the Obama, the world can turn on you very quickly. Because when she says in the house, it is up to you to change it. Like she's like, I ain't got shit to do with this. You know what I mean? When you walk out of this door, you still will have to deal with your smartness and your blackness and your right. history. Yeah. And I'm like, so it is a little bit about race, but it also is about just class. And like he even says, who do you believe when he talks about the legal cases? Right. Yes. I, Right. Okay. Oh well, let's talk about the movie. I I, I <laughs> strongly there, yeah. believe. I, know. I strongly. Wait, but also, Gerard, right. that is a heartbreaking story That's... you said, which is one of the oh, things. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, even though I banned this podcast, like, genuinely, <laughs> honestly, like, you guys and your own personal experiences and the way that you get to speak to them and share about them on this podcast because of what different movies like evoke in your personal experience is like what makes this podcast so beautiful. You talking about that experience, like, that is so like personal to you and yet like I bet you there are so many people who are listening to this who have had some kind of complicated experience of someone loving them and um, trying to protect them but like really harming them at the same time in that way around their race and all of that like that's a, a wild story that's a short film oh maybe I should write that yeah um, but it's weird because we're blind like the thing is we will always it's so hard because I think every time we well, write a movie we can write it about three dudes, but it's gonna be black, like no matter what, yeah. blackness yes. will right. But, but it does It's not about. But it's not about. It. Wait, but I yeah. right. But I do think this movie is about it, like because it's a it's about that fact. Like literally, the movie is taking what we're talking about of like, well, we can't escape race, and it's putting it into a film of like, here is a thing, and the reason that you're suspicious and all this stuff is because of race. Like, yes, the war torn thing adds to it, but even that, I'm like, well, what is a war torn country of white people? There really isn't one. The closest you could really come to is like. Maybe the Middle East or something. Well, I mean, I don't consider Arabs white. So, like, so, like, somebody who's Syrian is brown. Like, if they, if if you have somebody who is coming from Syria or like, you know, um, uh, Yemen or something like that, like, those are going to be. Those are going to be darker, like at the most mm. olive skin people that America definitely looks as as sure. 
as not white. And then you and then like the closest is maybe like crime like Eastern Europe, which is not really war torn like that. But yeah. like that's the closest you can possibly get. And yeah. even that, I feel like if you took that out and you were like, oh, here's like a Russian kid, the the image of, oh my God, is he gonna become a beast? Is he going to become like it's just yeah, a exactly. totally different image, and that's ex- intrinsically about how America views and 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 European countries like view yeah. race. And I think that I think I really hear you on that, especially in the relationship between the mother and the son, right? Because what her assumptions and her lack of transparency with him, and her like her fears that she jumps to so quickly feels like uh, my question is like, is that about him being adopted? Is that about his race and her like, uh, like, like her underbelly of racism around that versus like, if he was, if he was like born from her and, um, and like, you know, like, had like and that she like if uh, which is complicated because then he wouldn't have had the like trauma history that he did but like would she have had suspicion right away right you know like even with his like violence of the fish and all of that stuff like Mm -hmm. that and i think i think that element right there is the most complicated and racially like charged of like this undeniably protective loving mother who still can't help wondering if her child is a violent beast. Is that because she knows him so well that she knows it's possible? Or is that because of her underlying racial right. bias? I mean, according to is like, well, the dad, the dad, dad is wild. That dad, dad is wild. Okay, so let's start. Like, we, well, we, can't, we don't have that much time, so sorry. we have to like speed yeah. through this now. Okay. But like, sorry. The, beginning of the, the beginning of the movie, it, it very quickly... Um, it's like he gives this speech. I don't even. I don't understand what. That I don't speech know what was. he's talking. I don't know why because he I speech. he gives the speech at the end, which I think that's his valedictorian graduation speech. So I don't know what this first speech is. Do I don't anyway. Whatever. There's a speech that he's giving to the entire school body um, as a senior at the end of the year, right? Yeah, he's like the president, but it's not the end right? of the. Or it is. It is. It's, it's the end a, of the year. It's the end of his senior year. I. It's his senior year, but then we're still school left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, but I don't think it's but I don't think it's a whole school year. I think it's like um I think it's the end of the year because everything they reference like with the girl at the party happened at the beginning of the year. Got it. What's so the think, what's uh what comes in the middle of a school? I don't year? know that that's so important. Okay, yeah. it's another, okay. I, so, I think it's I think it's like just literally like yeah I think it's yeah. like we're in May and he yeah. graduates in a couple weeks. Right. Yeah. I mean I think because mm-hmm. it's only like I think a couple weeks that go by. I think. Oh, maybe. I don't know. You I think that's right. right. I don't know that that's so important. Yeah. Got it. All right. Um. So he's giving this. It's the most important thing in this movie. <laughs> he's he's giving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's giving oh, this I was speech. like, wow. It's the I most that. important thing. Uh, the timeline of this movie is the most important. <laughs> he's giving a speech. Um. And and we're like, oh, everybody love. And like, people are kind of like, oh my god. Like the principal even says something like, oh, if only we could clone you. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Very like uh, get out dad vibes. Like yeah. I think at one point he literally calls him a thoroughbred. Yes. Um, yes, that's why you're my yeah. favorite. Um, and uh, and then they we we meet the teacher, and so Octavia Spencer like walks up to the parents, and it seems like she wants to say something. And the parents are both white. Mm-hmm. Parents are both white, adopted. You know, uh, and she seems very much like she wants to say something to them. 
and Luce seems to like head them head her off and is like, oh, I here's my teacher. Remember I told you about her and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. And she kind of talks and she's like, yeah, uh, yeah, he's a great student. And she only says positive things, but it feels like she wants to say something else and then she doesn't. Um, so we walk off. So you're already like, what the what the hell is mm-hmm. going on? Um, it's great. You know, yeah, very, very good. Yeah, very very good start. movie too. Um <laughs> And we know, uh, I forgot what other scenes we see before Octavia Spencer calls the mom in. It's not that, not it's, that long. But. It's him. I think, I think the next scene is him walking down the hallway. Um, with the friend. With his friend, with the white friend. And, you know, he's having an interaction with him. Then the black guy comes and the black guy's like mad, crass. Yeah, says some, yeah. something really yeah. rude to the And then we see girl. him walk past the two girls. Stephanie, Stephanie. Kim. Stephanie Kim She's and her friend. And then it's like really weird. And he keeps walking, and they're talking about how the other black kid was just kicked off the team by right. mm-hmm. Octavia Smith. Right. So in those that scene, what's established is that we see it's a very diverse school, yep. and that race doesn't divide the students. That yep. races like friends are. Mm-hmm. are inter, there's an interracial friendship situation happening mm-hmm. in that community in that school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also see that really weird look that Stephanie Kim gives, yeah. who is. This amazing actress who's in the TV show Kim's Convenience, which is a show that's um, on Netflix that you can watch, and it has a uh, uh, Kim. It's a, about a family in um, Toronto who has a convenience store and their oh. family, and the brother in it is that guy who's now going to be a superhero in the in, in the next movies. Do you know his name? Well, uh, no. The brother. Oh uh, wait, the dude who's going to be um. Sh- uh, uh. He's yeah. the first Asian superhero in yes. Marvel. Yes. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and he, exactly. I don't read trade rumors. So it's an amazing know. series. It's a real delight if anybody wants like a, a sweet family comedy with like a super diverse cast and, and all that. And she's awesome in it, Kim's Convenience Store. Um, anyways, so Stephanie Kim is in there and she gives this weird look to Luce that, that right. is, adds is it more just suspicion. too loose? Yeah. Okay. Because he says, why are you looking at him like that? Because like one of the friends said something to right. her oh, really? about like why are you looking at him i think it's a black one got it got it okay um, uh yes i thought that uh, yeah and so um we see the mom the mom works at uh, is like a nurse um no or, or, she's she? a doctor you are not a feminist. <laughs> she is oh, clearly a oh, pediatrician. Yeah. She is wearing a white coat and she puts the thing into the doctor into the ear of the baby. She's clearly a pediatrician doctor and you see a woman and you assume she's a nurse. Woo! Oh, man. Woo! Oh. Woo! My bad. Um, <laughs> that's like I don't know if y'all seen that video Jimmy Fallon uh, RuPaul wow and he's no, a drag queen and the RuPaul like makes a noise and he, Jimmy Fallon's face like goes flush and he's like I'm a queen of drag and then like he's like oh thank god like <laughs> you see him do this one oh I thought I was cancelled it's one of the funniest clips ever that's so funny that's what almost happened to you bro you almost got cancelled uh, almost got cancelled <laughs> um, she's a pediatrician <laughs> She it's very tea. hard for him to accept that women might have expertise. 
Oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh man, boy. Oh, not that go. nurses don't have expertise. Nurses absolutely have expertise, <laughs> but I'm just saying there was. But, th- but she was a doctor, though. She's a doctor, She's a and doctor. he they had all the clues to give it, and yet he all still. The <laughs> what did the dad do? Like, what was his job? I have no idea. What I his don't job. know. He was just in an office with people giving him paperwork. Yeah, like, this is, this is it's some not that generic relevant. job. Not relevant. Um, and uh, but anyway, she gets called. So she goes to Octavia Spencer. Octavia's like, hey, I actually wanted to talk to you. Um, uh, you know, Luce is great, blah, 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 which makes this hard. And she's like, what? And she's like, well, she, he wrote that. I had this assignment where I told students to write in the um, perspective of a notable person in history. So... Uh, and you write a paper like s- stating your beliefs. So if you're like FDR, you write that in the vein of FDR. Or if you are what somebody else, you, like you know, you write that in the vein of that person. He wrote it in the vein of this like, uh, you know, militant like African militant per like violent warlord. Yeah. Which well, it was wasn't a-, a warlord. It was like a guy who. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe I don't more, know. What that it was term more means. like it was like a guy who. Um, who believed that the only way to like stop racism was like killing white people, right? It was like something like, like that. It was a person to stop oppression. You had to kill your oppressor. You have to kill your oppressor. Right. Yeah. But so, that was the job he was supposed he was supposed to write that paper though. Yeah. And it was <laughs> right. Absolutely. I just wanted to say it's yeah. not like a it's not like oh uh, when I think of warlord I'm thinking of like somebody who like has ch- child soldiers and is yeah. just trying to take power and money. Yeah, sorry. I don't maybe I don't know what that term means. Yeah. He probably like the thing is I think they were trying to make sure and I think this is the cool part is that the the person he wrote about the only racial thing he had was that the guy was African. It wasn't even like he was like kill all white people. It was just like if you are an oppressed people, the only way for freedom, because his big thing was freedom. Right. The only way for freedom was to kill the people who are oppressing you. And it wasn't a black or white thing. I think what Octavia was hitting on is that it's this African. Um, right. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I feel like it's easy to think about it. Like, what if he wrote a paper in like the in the perspective of like Nat Turner? Right. Like, yeah. that's basically that's kind of like what he was doing. Like yeah. somebody who was like. Nope, what we have to do is kill... You know what I mean? We have to, like, rise, like, have a violent uprising. Mm-hmm. And that's the way to do it. Now... Which any... If it would have been a creative, brilliant essay if anybody else had written it, yet mm-hmm. he has this background that everyone knows mm-hmm. about, which is that he was raised in this violent war zone in Eritrea and that he had a gun before... He knew how to work a gun before he knew how to work a car and that he had both experienced violence on him and he had also done violent things and that that he had had like a lot of work to get out of there so that's why she was extra highlighted or like alerted to the concern of this i guess this is my question Mm -hmm. and this is because i think this is the initial starting point of the movie and i think the movie does a really good job of like making you go what's going you know what's this about but if just thinking about this paper being presented to you what is the worst case scenario like what I, is the actual fear i thought the fear because i've worked in schools and i thought the fear she had was that he would um try to shoot up the school okay because that's, that's why you, she chased i mean that's why she went through his stuff because she even mentions that she other went people lock she went through his locker because yeah. other and people she's gone through other papers. people's lockers too before. yeah and i think the thing is is that she said it very quickly 
But when she's saying why she's talking about him, other people did pick dictators and things of that nature as well. She does say that. She's like, other people did it. But knowing where he comes from, like what Tessa's saying, is like, this is the difference of like why I'm checking his shit and not checking Susie who wrote about, you know, Vladimir Putin or some such shit like that. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think, because I do think, I, I will say this, there are certain jokes and, 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 and I used to, teach well not didn't teach but i used to like volunteer at the school in new york and one kid made a joke about um what did he say man this is exactly what he said man that's why people shoot up schools and he said it that that fast like mm-hmm. not loud but that fast and it was in reference to something that like this other little boy did and this kid i think they were third third graders so he wasn't even that old mm-hmm. but he said it in past and i remember when he said it though Everything stopped. You know what I mean? And it was like, because what I didn't know is that that kid's brother is a violent, a dude. Like, a, 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 I don't know what his, I, I never found out what his brother was, but his brother was somebody who was in the streets. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if this kid can talk, this kid's talking about guns, this kid probably does have access to guns. So I remember everyone like, not in a crazy way, but everyone coming to him like, yo, you okay? You good? Like, the teachers were like very like gentle yeah. with him. I'm like, oh, this is a possibility that you guys got to deal with on a regular basis. So I'm assuming she was in the same, like, yo, this kid probably knows how to do certain things even without weapons in his hands. And he had fireworks that we find out later, if focused enough, has the power of a shotgun. <laughs> so, right. you know. So, illegal fireworks. Illegal kept fireworks. Men- they kept mentioning illegal That's fireworks. That's only because they were fucking, what is it? Like, wherever they were, like, fireworks, the people would Just because fireworks are. are illegal there. Yeah. But, so, <laughs> uh, what did you think? About? What did you think that meant? Like, what was the real, what was the actual fear? Like, is this a thing to be nervous and scared about? Oh. The paper. Do, do you mean, do I actually think that that paper was something to be nervous and scared about? Or yeah, or what was Octavia's fear? I, it, I guess the first question, because that first question informs how, as an audience member, you buy into the, like, I think that that everything that's happening in this movie. No, 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 I think that that teacher went way too far. I think she invaded his privacy. I think that there it was co- fully her bias around his history and all of that. That um, that she like went so far as to do it. I think that another person could have been like a- rewarded and awarded for a paper like that. That was so like dropped into the character. I think that it was her own like stuff i thought it was completely inappropriate so right and i i also agree that it's it was inappropriate i think and this is why i think this movie does have to deal with race because i think it was more than just his war background i think it was her here's my thing specifically for her character if somebody wrote a paper in the in the thing of hitler Mm -hmm. would people go oh this student's gonna like like gonna do a hate crime maybe right but she was looking at him going other people are going to yep other people are going to say something about this Mm -hmm. and therefore i'm going to bring it attention to the mom and try to cut this off before anybody else because i'm looking out for him right Mm -hmm. but she even though she was doing that nobody else actually first of all nobody would have even known but nobody else would have Possibly nobody else would have even cared if she didn't bring it up. She like manifested that just because she was looking at him going like, you are the black student who's doing well. 
you can't be writing about potentially uh, about even if it's even if it's doing the assignment, you can't be writing about wanting to overthrow your oppressors because we live in a country of oppressors and they're going to go. You're an angry black man who is trying to kill us. I'm going to put you in jail. I mean, yeah. it is such an important archetype to represent because yeah. I think that that idea of like the it's a very maternal, protective black mama thing. And also looking and going, he doesn't have a black mama at home to make sure that he should to know what to make to tell him what he needs to be sure not to do or to do um at home right so i need to be his black mama and let his white mama know how to protect him like that i know that experience so real yeah. like that experience Absolutely. of like do you like you know and john you have that experience too right because you've got a white mama and like I'm sure you've had the experience in your life of people feeling like your white mom didn't tell you what you needed to do to protect yourself as a black man in this world. Like, you know, like, you know, a, those, re yeah. a really like those things uh, are so tough. Oh, yeah, no, see, those things are so tough because it's like I even looking at what she did, I do think she violated like his space. I do think she jumped to conclusions. But I think for me, that is the only kind of protection when I'm in a white place that I've ever been given. Like, mm -hmm. even at MTV, I had a black dude come up to me. It was like, hey, bro, you got to change how you dress. Like, he was like, you can't be wearing Nike boots. You can't be wearing fitted hats. You can't be wearing, like, this and that. You will he, he literally told me, you will scare them. And it's like, to me, every time I'm in a white space, there always is one person who will do something that aggressive. But at the end of the day, in their mind, they are helping because, I hate to say it, to an extent, we're, I hate to, you know, I hate to call Kanye West, but like, it don't matter if you're rich, man. You still a nigga in a coop. Like, it's like the the things don't change. Like, literally, I'm looking at, I'm reading Fox News and and, and Tommy Lahren like talk about Jay Z and Beyonce still calling this man a drug dealer. Last week, <laughs> you know, last week she did it, and I'm like, this isn't this is insanity. And it's right. like it, I don't know where the and, middle ground should well, be. Well, the and the argument to that though is. She's still calling him a drug dealer and he's like worth a billion dollars is clearly a business mold. It's like it's the thing. And then like it's the thing that people say, like they still call Obama that too. Right. right. It's like yeah. it doesn't matter. You can conform as much as you want to the society yeah. and they're still going to think of you the same <laughs> way. So, so it's like, why yeah. are you even trying? And uh. like, but that's the argument because it's the same argument that like, I mean, I know I mean. <laughs> Oh, Obviously, I I know I I hate to bring up his name, but I just feel like it's real. Like Cos, one of the things mm -hmm. right that everybody was on Cosby about before we found out mm -hmm. the horrible person that he was was the fact that he would tell black people, "You got to stop. You got to pull your pants up. You yeah. got to stop talking like this and acting right. like that." He had a whole thing of like, mm -hmm. "You need to be presentable and be this right. person," and people would and you know people were looking at him like. What are you talking like? Whatever they're gonna think about us like this anyway. So like, how di you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the kind of John, conflict. To go back to like in defense of your concept that this film is about race, like that arc, that concept, that archetype is actually like goes all the way back to slavery, right? Like the the like mama's gonna hit that their own child harder and keep them in line to protect them from the dangers of what the master will do to right. them if that child acts up. So the so the like so the black mama won't 
allow their child and will be harsher and more strict on that child in order to keep them in line to protect them from the dangers of what the white master will do and that concept and system is still that's yeah. re, is still alive in our culture and our relationships and yeah. the fear you know the fear of how my black child is being seen which is why it's so interesting to have this white the white mom who doesn't necessarily abide by that same system, mm -hmm. right? And then the fear of that black woman looking at that white mom and being like, you're not gonna protect that boy, I'm gonna protect that boy. And also the complicated, and then like the in really interesting way that like this white mom ends up lying for her child's protector, which I love that move from her. I did too. I loved it. I did I too. thought it was a great move and it's, it's a very, you know, like, right. For the reason I the reason I love that move, the, and I think that this movie, I think this movie was trying to imply too, was like white people will protect their yes. son who yes. raped somebody, yes. who freaking yes. beat ups, did a hate crime. Yes. Like you will see white parents defend their yes. like horrible ch children yep. uh -huh. for so long, and so yes. it was like to defend this child, especially for something. What I feel is like actually as so trivial as like just a paper that was like a little spooky. Yes. And fireworks in a locker, which is not the same as a gun. Like, no, it's, it's just not even close. It's, not. it's a teenager. It's teenagers not. like to throw up fireworks. Yes. Like, it's fi not. Not, not only just teenagers, by the way. People, America. People. How many people blow off their hands, you know, every yes. year? Yeah. People fireworks. are. Yes. And it's just, an, it's, and it's such an American thing. And if fireworks was in a white person's locker, mm -hmm. like nobody is going to think that person is trying to blow up the school with mm -hmm. fireworks. You know what I mean? It's yes. like, it's, even to look at it as a, a, a weapon. weapon. As a weapon is insane. Yes. Bro, I, literally, it's so funny. They flip, <laughs> by the way. The parents, uh, the parents, like, I just noticed. Oh, and, yeah, it was great. And, 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 and like, and like, it was a little bit annoying. It was good. It was great because it narratively, like, made it. So dynamic. So dynamic. But like in the beginning, the mom was the one who was a little worried, and the dad was like, What do you think he is? Like a terror? Like he has fireworks, whatever. And she's like, Well, technically, it can blow. And she was just repeating the but lines it, that the teacher took, said. But it took forever, too, because when the teacher first read it up, like she was like, I'm not, I don't want to do this. I don't want to invade his privacy. We built this trust. It took she's me like, so long to build this trust. It's fireworks. It's like she was so adamant. And then literally, the dad the whole time was like, yeah, you think he's a terrorist? Just ask him. Yeah, just, just ask, ask him. Exactly. Who cares? That's yeah, just why ask him. I love <laughs> this dad character yeah. because throughout it, I actually think that that dad identified as more of just a plain old father handling his his whack ass teenage son and being like, "My son's lying. What are you talking about? I'm just going to talk to him. Why aren't we just talking to him?" Like that stuff. Yeah. That was just. That's more just like father son stuff of like you don't think he could be you don't think he could lie to you you know and it's like a little bit like sensitive tentative white mm. mother being like I don't want to disturb him and but we've worked she, so much on his therapeutic she experience she literally says I, want, I don't want to undo all the work that we've done right. to get him to trust us right rather like, than the father who's just like he's like you're lying exactly like, like, that's father point, stuff at one point and it's so funny because they, they played this so well man Ugh. at one point Kelvin is doing so much shady stuff like when yeah, he's in the kitchen so and his dad lying. is like hey man so did you drag your teacher today and my man is just moving around I'm like and then you just see the dad growing more and more pissed yes. while the mom is trying to like ice it and he's like yes. yo I'm talking to you exactly. and he yells at him right. and it's like yo man this is bullshit and I'm like that is that is the realest thing ever and at one point I kept thinking 
Because to me, the dad did switch and was like, yo, dad no, this dude is, the, dad, the kid is doing some fucked up shit. I don't know what it is, but something's wrong. And I was like, oh, is this a racial thing or is it a kid thing? And then you realize at this point, it's just a kid thing. Yes. Because at the end of the movie, he goes, look, I just wanted a family. I didn't want a political statement. I didn't want this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then she goes, him? And he's like, that's not what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, right. yes. you see that moment where he goes like, come mm-hmm. on. Yes. He literally says, I forgot what her name is. Come on, such and such. Come yeah. on. Like, he just says that repeatedly. Yes. And he still sides with the family. Mm-hmm. I liked, man. I really I loved that, that character. Me too. I thought he was so loving. Uh, he did. He loved so, He loved his wife. He did love that kid. Yes. But also, he wasn't stupid. Yes, Like, exactly. he wasn't stupid. Right. He was right. like, you don't think our teenage brother, our boy right. can lie? And I will say, one of the things. Calvin really did his acting really didn't make this movie so dynamic yes. because he, when he was lying he was doing it so convincingly and playing and like so and he was so manipulative yeah. that I was like oh I am kind of scared of this kid oh I'm and it, and and it was like I was like I'm scared of somebody who is that intelligent and like that okay with lying and that okay yes. and like that smart to know the the yep. little emotion buttons to hit yep. to make you because I was like, whoa, why is he? And I don't I don't know if I fully get it by the end of the movie. Like, I get why he was doing what he was doing. I don't get why he wasn't. I guess I do get it. He wasn't being honest because he just he was questioning everything himself and he started to not trust his parents. And we see that in the course of the movie because he think. And when he when he first meets, he's like, "Mom, Dad, this is blah blah blah." But then at a certain point in the movie, he starts calling Mom Naomi, by Amy. Amy, Amy. yes, he's right. calling her Amy, and he's like, I, "And it's very like, I don't trust you." Like Amy, and it's he still very, calls the dude Dad though. Yeah, even at the end of the movie in the speech, he still says Dad for that dude. But and then he says Mom too. Oh, he does. At the end, at the end, he says Mom. But like, but that's some teenage stuff. It is. It is very teenage. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, I was like, all the stuff he was doing was like, it was all normal. Very yes. normal teenage stuff, especially for, and like even more so for kids who are doing really well. Like it, a lot of kids who like are the valedictorian or like, um, you Ooh. know what I mean? Like, I my mean, favorite part, my favorite part, yeah, was like, is when he does that mock. Um, hey, I'm re- I'm trying to get ready for my speech. Yes. Do you guys mind if you help me? Can I get you guys to help me? Yes. Yes. All the fucking teachers in there, but only addresses her. <laughs> yes. Thank you so and much for helping me. So oh. you think the privacy? The it was whole, brilliant. Just to her. What are the teachers just like? Do you, is there a is there a question? Is there a direct question you like to ask? It's her? fantastic. And, and here's like, yeah. Is. Here's the thing. This is like I, yes. Thank you I, so much. I really think this movie is a work of art. Like I really it's so think I, it's a it's a real shame that it got missed because I think it's a work of art. And uh, I think that the skill, first of all, like the skill of being like coaching, like a captain of the team and also uh, valedictorian and all that, it does take politics. It does take that like sly, smiling, like nuancing of all the teachers and the parents and the, and your peers. He is like an Obama. He's a great politician. And and that, like that skill set is all that. And also, they also talked about like the thing that he may have actually really brought from his trauma history is the skill of like, he literally became a new person. Like he got a new name. Mm -hmm. He got 
and he had and he learned new the, mm-hmm. a new family and he learned the skills to be successful in that new world and that new family and what they needed and wanted. And that is like classic. That's like a great psychological ex- mm-hmm. like um like portrait of what this kid like the skills that he has is to meet what others' needs are and what they want him to be. And I think that like everything, I mean, I questioned every tear he dropped in that movie. Oh, I love the fear he had. It's something, it was something so underlined almost every time he would look at the other black kid who got kicked off the team. Yes. Like every time he looked and glanced at that dude, it was like such a fear in his heart. And then even that big confrontation scene, which is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie of him and Octavia at the house. You see, you see them reverse very quickly because when he shows up to that house with those flowers, she throws them on the floor, and he opens that door. She's terrified of him. Terrified, because I was like, "Oh, uh, because the thing is, we still don't know if he is quote unquote good or bad yet." Right. And he opens that door and walks in, and I'm like, "Oh shit, he's about to try to kill Octavia." But then, so quickly, the moment he opens his mouth, my man's face is red and tears are coming, and then you see Octavia notice it. And she pounces so quick. So like that that power dynamic changes so fast. But isn't it crazy that you thought it's like enough seeds of doubt were placed in this movie to think that he was going to do something bad to her? Even though truly the entire course of the movie, we never see him do anything remotely violent or never. And never. We never see it. Mm -mm. And we're like, "Uh uh-oh. I thought he could... Uh oh! At any time, at any time, he could pounce, and it's like even, yep, even the plan to uh, set off the fireworks in her uh, thing, Office which is like, or desk. which is like the closest to like a violent. Again, he was at this home. is well, he planned. Yeah, he clearly planned it, but yeah. like it was like it was like okay, but like teens do stuff like this. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. They do that stuff like that. A lot, like mm-hmm. f- set a flaming bag of poop on the like that could go. Yeah. It could potentially set a f- house of fire. You know what I yeah. mean? Like all of this, like, it, but it's like not really. He wasn't trying to. He never tried to hurt her. And the, I guess the 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 most horrible thing is is the, the, the val. And that was the thing that I was like, that felt the most out of character. And I don't know. We if, still don't know. If he- we still don't know if he did it, and it might not have been. He might not have done it. Nope. It might have just been Deshaun. Is that could Does, have been just Deshaun? Yeah. It could have been her or the, sister, or it could have been her sister, or it could have been maybe even like one of his other friends. Yeah, and the thing is so crazy when you see the writing, you could tell like yeah, he probably was behind it, but he I mean, I, it he seemed so genuinely crazy. shocked when he saw it. But I don't know. But, it's but so, I can't, you can't believe him because he, he literally tells face. us. Yeah. He literally tells us he can do that. Yeah, which is <laughs> awesome. It was brilliant. That scene, that scene was so creepy. It's but like, he was hurting. He was hurting. The whole movie he he was was hurting. hurting, And that's kind of how I was like, I was like, but he's not a psychopath because he like, he's genuinely looking at this other black kid and like feeling bad about that and feeling. And wanting to make it right. And wanting to make it right and feeling guilty, even though it wasn't his fault. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he clearly had real emotions. He wasn't like we saw him play emotions. Like we saw him play hurt and offended and all that stuff. But he clearly was like, at the end of the day, and with that scene, that final scene with Octavia, we saw he was really angry at her, mm-hmm. and he could never ex- fully express it because he had to be this character. Ugh. 
And he was just genuinely just upset and frustrated at a teacher who was putting more pressure on him and treating other students unfairly because of their race. And he was just like, I don't like you. I hate you. Like, you put everyone right. in a box. You're putting us in a everyone box. It's not in a fair. Box. Right. And you that deserve e- this. And that example <laughs> of the Stephanie Kim thing, which we haven't even spoken oh, to. Yes, yes, yes. His So his girlfriend got drunk mm-hmm. at a party and... Um, ended up getting this horrible thing happened to her in the basement which was like she was passed around from man to man and there was like a counting game of what how much they could do to her uh, sorry uh, trigger warning um uh yeah. and uh they um like and so at the you know there's this story of her being uh, assaulted and the and his and him stopping it and taking care of her that night um and at some point the teacher hears about it and then from then on because this teenage girl didn't report report it which we all know is a tumultuous process that is (laughs) such an unfair burden for any woman yet alone a teenage girl navigating her high school peers like you know what an insane expectation on a on a child uh, and then this teacher is going, oh, just another silenced woman and yeah, all that, which is refer- making uh, coded references. Yes, like that's this so teacher horrible. was yeah. whack. This teacher, the teacher was, was whack. whack. Yeah, the teacher was whack. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Get the most out of weekly sales and receive personalized coupons toward your favorite items, all while earning one fuel point for every dollar spent. Because shopping at Kroger, whether in-store or online, is easy. And saving money is even easier with the Kroger app. So get the most value out of every trip, every time. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Hey, this is Tim Heidecker, and I'm glad to be back in Glendale, California, in the studio with my good friends DJ Doug Pound and Vic Berger for another episode of our podcast, Office Hours Live. This week, we had a very special guest, Hiss Golden Messenger, who played a beautiful tune for us. We laughed, we had fun, and you should tune in to Office Hours Live this week, and quite frankly, every week on your podcast app of choice or at youtube.com slash Live. Now, I liked it because I liked that they humanized her showing with yes. her sister yes. and the, all the complications she was going through with that. And it's like, she's not a, she's not a terrible person, but it shows her her capacity is not that great, right? Like she was helping her sister as much as she can, and then it was like, I gotta like I can't handle this. Like if you're gonna trash up my house, like you're gonna go to this place. Mm-hmm. And her sister was like heartbroken over that, and that was like a terrible hard thing to watch. And you feel for her, and you feel mm. for the sister. Uh, and yeah, brilliant acting. That who is that woman? Uh, I, I just her had her name up. I am very, very cautious when a director makes a choice to show a black woman's body, like um, in nudity. Like I think that it's overused and abused so much in film in a way that's so that's Marcia's like so free. But I Blake. thought that this was a very powerful moment, and I think she rocked it out of the house. And I just. I loved every choice that actress made. Oh. Um, and I thought it was such a powerful moment. The dialogue she was saying as she was doing that, I, I was like, I cannot watch this. this but she kept calling, like, I'm just your, she used the ADR world mm-hmm. word, and then the B word, and it was just like, 
running and then even her being tased like it's oh so my god it is so oh, her being tased man and the thing that's about that scene to me those that's so two important cop, when those two cops came in you're like oh, because no. you knew it was gonna mm-hmm. happen like there have been it is it is it is people talk about it all the time but we live in a world where like there is no best way i can put it in real life there was a a a, a white guy on meth or something like that he yes. was half naked yes running around the street threatening the cops yes. like threatening them mm-hmm did not get gunned down. Like he's in the street, like right. running, his own people recording it, yes. going crazy, trying to kill the cops or whatever. The cops still somehow figured out a way to disarm him without shooting him. Yes. I think at the very end, um, he did end up getting away again and they tased him. But like the tasing happened after like the attempts at first. So it's like you gave this dude 30 minutes, yeah. maybe 30 minutes to run around. Yeah. threaten you but yet this black chick yes it's just so it's just so hard because when you watch stuff like this and this is this is why i feel so difficult talking about octavia's character in this because i do think she is a a bat i think she's whack for being a teacher but the world that she is talking yeah. about but you understand it you like understand she, where she's coming from it's like we don't it sucks yes. because i i i think i've told it on the podcast like i only have nieces and stuff like that and we have like one nephew who's older. And I realized I spoke to him a certain way, but not my niece. And mm. I was, I'm closer to my niece, but I was like very, oh man, you got a little girlfriend. That's cute. But then when I went to pick her up and saw dudes talking to her, I instantly was like dead this. And I was like, oh, this is this is the problem. Yep. The problem is, is I'm talking to this little motherfucker one way. So he's out here doing whatever the fuck he wants. Right. But I'm looking at her, telling her not to do the same thing. Because right. I'm like, protect yourself. I'm like, oh, we don't. This teacher was doing the thing that I don't think a lot of people will do. It is very rough. It is a very honest thing. But she's like, yo, miss, like, I'm saying it in a nicer way. Like, look, you having this happen to you, if you were to stand up, this could stop the next girl from having it happen to her, which is a factual thing. But that doesn't mean this girl has to stand up. You know what I mean? Her talking to the black kid who got kicked off the team is like, hey, you may be smart, but you got caught with drugs and you need to listen to this because this girl is talking about how at a different time, Jim Crow era allowed white people to do certain things. That shit still exists in certain places. Not Jim Crow. If I go visit my parents, I'm still a nigga down that joke. You know what I'm saying? Loose, loose. You can be Obama and people will still say you will have fried chicken on the lawn of the White House. Like that is the yeah. world we live in. So I get her. It's just tough because how do you and yet, tell kids that? Exactly. And yet she's also a part of the problem. Yeah, she is. She's right. the one who she is. She's the one who found the drugs. She searched his locker and found the drugs and reported him. Right. I know. Rather I know. than I know. rather than all of the other white kids I running know. around getting high, right? Like the whole thing. It's super super complicated and that's uh, why it is so amazing to have a, a uh black storyteller tell the story and speak to it with this nuance and com- that, that the is complexity. so the complexity of it. And also, can we just say this role played by the teacher played by Octavia we get to have so much empathy because of Octavia's all the all that she has the capacity to hold in one character like this is oh it's a co- this was co-written by Julia Sona who directed a black man but also this guy JC Lee who's uh who's Asian awesome oh wow good awesome it yeah right. this is this is I, I mean I think Octavia really brought the compassion and empathy and complexity to this character because we can't help but love her and believe in her because of the all of what she holds just as a being and what she brought to this 
to this role. Uh, it could have been so much more simplistic. We could have just been mad at this teacher the entire movie yeah. and felt like it was a huge wild injustice. I was scared for her. Like I'm seeing mm-hmm. the movie open that door. Yes. I was like, yes, oh, bruh. I was, I was. Now she got terrified. he masterminded her. Like he totally, he did, he completely did. He did played it. her, mm-hmm. and like in a in a brilliant way, in a way that I don't think anybody, I don't think we, you clearly knew he had a plan, but you didn't know what was happening because we had that earlier scene where he's like, I want to make it right, and you're like, what does that even mean? Yep. And then you realize he told Stephanie to go to her. Uh, did and not say know. that Luce did, did it. That was so dirty. I was like, he told, and then was like, and then he had, you know, then plant the thing. Now, the thing that I didn't understand was, how did he know his parents were going to lie for him? I don't think he did. But I think the thing was, but, they just defended him because no matter what they would have said, he had the video that was timestamped. So no matter what right. she said, he was he, good. He was good about the vandalism. He knew he was good with that. He knew he was good with the Stephanie thing. And he was good. He was just he like, was and, so the paper, and the paper, and the paper, that was the funniest thing was like, the paper was like, I don't have, like, he was like, well, I gave you the paper. And he's just like, well, well, I know, I don't, I don't have the paper. <sighs> like, she didn't even have the paper. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, and he's just like, whatever. Like, he just, it sounds like he just, oh, my favorite believe- part was, my favorite part was, um, uh, which is like, Okay, well, my son just, are you accusing him of a crime? Because, like, my son just apologized to you. And she's mm-hmm. like, well, did he? And then the principal's like, well, in the interest of this yes. conversation, I yes. feel like we should all acknowledge that he did just apologize. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, I what? <laughs> when that happened, I was like, oh, is she? Mm. Wait, did yes. you guys, do you guys think that um, he is the reason the sister was at the school? I only say that because when you watch the video, he shows his parents at the very end. He looks. I think we're supposed to believe that. And then walks away. And I don't think that he like got the sister and brought her to the school or something Mm -hmm. crazy like that. But I realized in the earlier scene when they were at the grocery store, I don't know how did he end up at that grocery store talking to that woman. He might have explained. He might have like talked about that's where she is. You know what I mean? That's where she works. He did say that's where she works. And that's why we saw. That's why they gave that scene of watching him look up this teacher, look up her relationships and family, where she is from. Like he did research on her. Like we saw that. So the thing I just want to speak to this one scene because this was the one scene that I really started to see this manipulative dangerous boy is when he went in and talked to her about the paper and said what's your favorite holiday uh, oh oh my goodness you know mine's independence day that scene i was like this I is a it. and oh then he, 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 he said i love this i love that i love that oh yeah and the fireworks and then she was like he threatened me and i was like that wasn't a threat really but it was but it, you know what i mean it, it wasn't was. like it wasn't like i'm gonna that. hurt you it was like i know what you did yes exactly because i point, know what you did i know because it was so you know, you're trying to play me teacher <laughs> and i'm smarter than you yeah and he was there was he also was. He was. and i don't know if this was really true but i told tessa this because i feel like it was when he was i think it was in the supermarket he said bye but he went like he like made an kind explosion of with his hand. Oh no! Like, yeah, John saw it. I didn't. He see did. It. Yeah. I was like, oh, because I know he said something that he did say something that I realized when I was in the school was a a a, a cursor that people will look out for. After this same thing you're talking about, Tessa, um, he goes, uh, 
don't worry, I'll catch you later, or something like that. <laughs> Which I think is supposed to be like uh, one of the telltale signs of like a threat. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, not only that, <laughs> but I realized that that scene came directly after the other scene where he held court, if yes, you will. Absolutely. And was just coming at her. So it was like, like clearly like, I know, like, what you I did. know that you went in my locker. And then the next scene, it'd be like fireworks and be like, don't worry, I'll catch you around. And then smile but and walk out. The thing that was, other cra- <laughs> was crazy was I that the parents it. were lying the whole time. They were lied to everybody. The parents lied to him, and the they parents, parents lied to the him. principal, yes, true, true. and they parents parents lied to the teacher. She hid the the stuff. Yeah, like true. she never really presented it. So I was like, "Yo, this parenting, what you guys doing? Like, if you want to talk to him about this stuff, that's my thing." Was like, it was made into this huge thing, so much so that the mom was like, went and talked to Stephanie. Like that, yeah. and I think that's the unrealistic thing that Tessa was talking about. Like, yes. That's so crazy. Yeah. Like, could you imagine when you were in high school if a parent of another student tried to talk to you about like some that some... happened to me? Really? What? I, so I used to be, I used to be, uh, and this one thing I, I I will say I'm trying to atone for in my life. Um, I will consider myself the, the friend of a lot of people, but I didn't defend a lot of things. Mm. So I would only defend if I thought something like bad was going to happen. But my big thing was I used to make fun of people who I thought bullied other people. Yeah. So there was a person, she was, uh, she, she could have been considered a bully. Um, I personally thought she wronged a, uh, a a girl who I was friends with who had just had a loss in her mm. family. Um, and I thought she just, they used to be really close. The way it ended, it ended really bad. And I will say I sided with the girl who somebody mm-hmm. um, passed with. Now, Something happened where someone, someone threw something at this. So I, like we all live in the same, like everyone lived in the same area, and that someone threw eggs or something on this girl's car or oh. something like. Well, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the 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 bully girl, yeah, in defense of the other girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not do it, but I did know who did. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I eventually mm-hmm. know who did. So this these girls were a part of like a sorority, if you will, in high school. We would have been the fraternity in high school, so we always were together. The mom came and approached me. The mom of the the mom mm. of the bully girl who got her car egg or whatever approached me, and was like, "You and your friends are bullying my daughter." And in my mind, I'm like, I mean, like, found me, like, found me, found where I was, Whoa. walked up on me. Wow. Uh, and the thing is, to me, it was hard because at that point, you have t- in my mind, you have two options. One, I didn't know yet what happened, but I was going to find out. Two, I'm like, your daughter. Also, is not He's bullying this innocent yes. person you think she is because mm. like the other girl is the one who like is the victim is the victim in the situation. But like, and she went to me, but what I didn't know she already went to the school. So it's like, so when I get to school the next day, a teacher pulls me aside. Well, what did you it. say to the? Well, I said to the mom, I was like, yo, I because I didn't know. I was like, right. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yet. I was like, I know something happened. I was like, I don't know what happened yet. Okay. And I was like, I like, and I was like, I this ain't me. I was like, this ain't me. I got no parts of this. And she's like, yeah, but you can know. You let this stuff happen. And that is the thing I do feel, that is the thing I, I think she was what right She was compli- like, Yo, you you allow certain things to happen. Right. And I'm like. Your social power and I, status yeah. in this school which is, which allowed is, things and you're doing it. Wow, which is real. Really? She's like, you allow things to happen. You could step in to stop these things, but you don't until something happens. And I'm like, you know what? You, you probably are right. Oof. But when I got stopped by the teacher, the teacher brought it up and I remember thinking, this is fucking wild. Like literally what happened to this girl is like, this is why this, this person found you. Like she didn't right. call me. She found me. Right. Cause we lived in the same neighborhood. I was at the grocery store. Oh my gosh. Found me. 
Um, because I guess because everyone knew me, she saw my car, walked in the grocery store, oh, and like I guess walked right. around. Whoa. And it's like, oh my gosh, what a protective mama. Which which is real, but also is such, but is the thing we're talking about as well as like such a misguided thing is like you're you will protect your kid during lying, during cheating, during whatever, whatever. And like, what do we do? You know, it's like yeah. you have no idea what your kid is capable of, or you don't want to. You know, it's like I don't know which one it is. Either you know, or you don't care, or that's not the point because your kid could have wronged twenty people. But someone now has wronged your kid. Yeah, it's such a, and I'm not even mad at either one of these parents. Wow. Yeah, but but that is a but devout they, parent, so well, you really know that. So maybe it isn't so unrealistic. But what I do think is unrealistic is Stephanie Kim sharing so much. No, with the that's mom. the part. Gosh. I didn't think it was unrealistic that she found. I thought it was weird that she found her. I'm like, oh my god. But I thought, yeah, it was unrealistic that Stephanie, the first person she tells this full story to, is a mom of the kid that she used to date and doesn't date anymore. That's yeah. freaking weird. Who she misses, who she said. The only thing that's so hard about that but scene. But I guess it's because she has such a tie to him. But those scenes, man, like that scene, like that game, I'm like, yo, is this a, is this real? Oh, yeah. And then she's like, there are worse real. games. There are worse there are games. That game feels it. very real, real to me. Oh, they're, uh, it's, but it's. Uh, man. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do to kids. Like, again, like exactly. that. Exactly. That is what do dudes do. Like, again, I was a kid who was brought up by older guys. Those old dudes are learning from other old dudes. And yeah. all you're doing is passing down fucked well, up dude, shit. Remember, yes, like, yeah, remember, absolutely. Was teabagging of, of it was teabagging was, or maybe that's actually more of freaking like white. Bunch no, no, white. people did. Okay, people yeah, did. but like that was like, people would take pictures yes. of people teabagging other, I'm like, even that, I'm like that, like gr- like as a kid, I was like, oh, that's gross and stupid and, and immature. Too. Yeah, but and I like, didn't think of a, it. Yes. They never thought of it as like sexual assault. And then I'm like, oh, that's totally sexual assault. That happened to me in college. Not to me. I was in college. I was a campus advocate against sexual assault. I was a sexual health educator. I was like a court advocate for people who were going to court for sexual assault issues while they were at college. Like I was very, very engaged and very involved. And yet I also had a group of friends that were really got really drunk. And there was a lot of. Um, like aggressive homoerotic guy on guy like violence and aggression that had a sexual tone to it and um, I was like definitely like these guys are being asses and I felt very protective of some certain people who are participating in it because like of like complicated their own history I was like god they have to like participate in this like aggressive aggro thing but I was in the house where someone, where like the big, dr- the big drunk guy who's like actually a lovely, wonderful pediatrician now, but like the big drunk, like head honcho guy of this party was teabagging a guy who was passed out in a chair on his, in his living room. And I, saw, and I knew it happened. I don't know if I actually saw it or not. Like I don't have the memory mm-hmm. now, but. I, and then it got back to my boss, the head of the sexual health education and campus assault stuff. And they, she like called me out about it. She was like, I heard this happen. And I was like, yeah, like I did. Like it was, you know, and I kind of rolled my eyes at it. And she like really had to like break it down to me that it was an assault. And I was like, oh, like it was so normalized as this like guys being asses and drunk and like this is threatening but I didn't go you know they had all this stuff that we, like they would punch each other and take shots of whiskey and they would hog tie each other like there was really violent aggressive homoerotic acts and I 
like my range of understanding of what was okay and foolish college stuff and what was an assault had been a, like really twisted from what I was experiencing. And this mm -hmm. like adult woman had to be like, what you, that's an assault. Did this really happen? And I was like, yeah, it, she really did break it down for me. I think people who experience that don't have like, you know, like I didn't have fun at my college, but I would go visit my other friend's school and I would hear this story about this person be a man or a woman. And then the person would just show up and like be hanging out. And I'm like, wait, didn't I just, I would have just heard the wildest fucking the story. Person like, the person who had assaulted the person who, the person who would have been assaulted, oh. the victim, if you will. Yeah. And like, and this is like, again, before things are really defined, I'm yes. like, what the fuck just happened? And that person would show up 20 minutes later with a bottle. Oh, like, did, didn't I just hear some crazy? Why are you here? Right. Like, not because to me, at that point, obviously, people involved had no idea what they were doing. And clearly, I mean, maybe you don't, or because you're here exactly. and you bought a bottle. Well, I mean, like, I thought her her story yeah. was like, it was such a great portrayal of that. Like, yes. she was one, like, justifying, like, oh, I, like, you know, I, I blah, blah, blah. And like, I think I said no. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I said it in my head or it wasn't loud enough or they thought I was joking and, you know, mm -hmm. it didn't feel good. But anyway, mm -hmm. whatever. It was it, it was stupid. And like she doesn't even realize that she's crying and like how yeah. traumatic it was. Yeah. Like Beautiful she knows it was traumatic, but she was like all this disassociating that was happening. And then yeah. also the like being like, oh, I shouldn't have got that drunk and all this stuff of like, you know, the victim blaming mentality of like, yeah. oh, it was because I did this and that's mm -hmm. the re like I deserved it almost. Um, and then, yeah, that was a whole complicated. Thing. I don't think she ever thought that she deserved it. No, but no. but she did talk about the complications of her <clears throat> her peers enacting this, and like how and how complicated yeah. that element of it, the relational element of right. experiencing it. Yeah, I um, cannot imagine being a teen mm. right now and being a teen with social media and everyone has oh, a cell phone. Oh my gosh. Right. Thank God it doesn't Oh, sorry. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we're pushing um, it. We oh, are, wait. Let me just talk to Hollywood real quick. Okay. Hey, man, this is my thing with Hollywood. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm so sorry. I know this isn't, but I just want to speak the, the other part about Stephanie Kim, oh, which oh, is that moment when they're having the sex in the shed mom. in the woods. Oh, yes. And oh, the mom. snap. Oh my gosh. That thing was so long for no, what was that? That was so long, so wild. And that was the other thing that I thought was so unrealistic that Stephanie Kim looks in the shed, having sex with Luce, her boyfriend, and looking up, seeing mom staring through the window. Yo. And then she just keeps having sex yes, with Luce. This goes back to that it. Was I was like, wild what is this? Moment. That was so false. And it's never addressed ever. That part like, didn't make any sense. I don't know why they showed her. They showed it to. To, for us to be sure that we understood that Luce did not assault and that uh, so at the end of this the worst thing he did I think is just that fireworks he set up the fireworks on that desk and those weird elusive things but he's actually just a teenager just a regular teenager uh, and not a violent kid who didn't kid talk who, about Stephanie because he's like is embarrassed and doesn't want to yes. talk about sex with his parents yes. and doesn't want to Mm -hmm. Let, like doesn't let them know that he's dating someone because he doesn't want to talk about that stuff, which is, makes sense. Oh yeah, and he actually like said, and I caught it earlier. Like in, he actually said, like, "Oh, Stephanie, she was over here once," and they were like, "Who?" Yeah. So it wasn't oh, like he was trying yeah. to hide her. It's just that they didn't. He wasn't like, "This is my girlfriend," and they never asked. Yeah. Oh. You know what I mean? Like they weren't involved in just his life like that to even know. Teenager stuff. Wow. 
Well, so yeah, he didn't. He didn't assault her. That's why they showed that scene, though. Oh. And then I think the end with him just running and being like crying was to show like he's not a psychopath. He is. This is all affecting him. He feels. He can. He actually. I think he's like. I don't know what he's crying about, but like, I. You can interpret it. I think I guess, yeah. a couple different ways. But my interpretation was like, this whole. All, this whole drama was like super stressful. He was trying to do the right thing because he was like getting revenge on a teacher. But then it's one of those things where like, especially when you're a teenager, you get revenge and then it, the revenge you realize is like, no, these consequences are bigger than what you thought. Yeah. And I think he realized like, even though he still didn't necessarily like Octavia, he realized he actually, and in the real moment, empathized with her. Like he was pretending to before, mm-hmm. but I think now he was like, "Oh, she was. I guess she was trying to protect me." Even if he didn't agree with that, he was hmm. just like, "Oh, and like I just fired, like I just ruined, you just her ruined life. someone's life." Yeah, <laughs> I think that's something he realized when he went to the house when he saw actually what the writing was. To right. me, that was all genius. Was like, "Oh." I'm this so is mad bad. at you. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I was mad so at mad you. at you, but this is this is too far. This was too far. Like we saw your and again, I'm not saying which you. I think teenagers do. I think yes. people right? do they like do like like oh I hate you blah blah and then you're like oh what I did was horrible. Yeah, I think I think people realize that when they're older. older. Yeah, but it's like even when you get if someone if someone can affect your because not everyone can piss you off. Like people can make you mad, but to really hurt you when you are upset. That's a, that's a person that's close to you. That's a person that knows you. Like he kept saying, you know me. You shouldn't think that I would do these things. Yeah. You know me. He felt betrayed by the teacher. Yeah. And I think that is a thing. It's like, that's the only black teacher we saw at the school. The teacher who knew him, knew everything he came through. And that's a person who now he feels like is betraying you. It's like your body reacts in a different way. And yeah. once you win, quote unquote, it's like, oh my God, I won at this cost. And I, I yeah. know I've definitely felt like there were certain teachers, especially in high school, who I felt like were out to get me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, whether that was true or not, I definitely was like, this person is way more aggressive to me than anybody else in this room. Mm-hmm. And like, they're constantly like giving me like, and, 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 and to the point where I was like, you know, I remember there was one time I was like, uh, <laughs> I got a test back and I got this answer wrong that I thought was right and then I looked over at somebody else and they got and they had the same answer as me and they had it right and I was like you free and I like <laughs> and I feel bad now but basically I grabbed that person's test and I went to the teacher and I was like I put the same answer you marked it wrong on mine look it's right here and then she was like well actually this is the wrong answer and I messed up here so good, good job you just gave this person a worse grade and they gave that person a worse grade uh. and gave it back and then, I, and then that that person was mad at me, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, and then I was like, but that was she, was that real? Was that real or not? Like, did yeah. she lie? Did she just lie just to prove? Because oh, she didn't she want me hit. to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's so much there. I love that story. One, I love that story for a million reasons because because draw. Can you imagine? That's just so brilliant. That's can you so imagine brilliant. unfiltered? angry like unseen misunderstood braylock like trapped in rutherford new jersey snatching a test like with his do you know what i mean like nobody was telling him his anger was too much yet do you know what i mean like he had it he didn't his frontal lobe had not developed your wives braylock we do that your partners no i don't know if nobody was telling me my anger was too much (laughs) (laughs) people were definitely telling me that oh really at certain points yeah Man, your partners, your wife, and your work partner. <laughs> yes. Who would you do without us, you know? What? Who would you be? 
You would be a beautiful. You would. You would be a beautiful. This new just accepts. All right, we're wait, we're okay. way over time. Okay, wait. No, we're almost there. Look, no, I was going to say has to do a thing where it's like the cool thing about this movie is that we had a person of color director. Bless you. Uh, two writers of color, and we had an actor, a lead actor of color, in a part that normally a kid of this stature and nature would not get. And I do think with Kelvin in particular, we are seeing. Um, people of color get an opportunity to do certain things. Like even when I think about the hate you give that was about race, but like watching um, that young actress play a part that was so nuanced and like watching um, Zendaya on um, uh, Euphoria in a part that a white girl almost had. Um, I do think we're slowly, slowly getting there. It's just that I want Hollywood to somehow, mm-hmm. and I think someone wrote about this in the Hollywood Reporter recently. I, I wish you get to a point somehow where people can look at art and not see the race in it innately because I do think that is hampering our performances from people of color like I, I do think there's a thing of oh you may see um a young lady in the hate you have and then all of a sudden like oh she, she's just doing a part that's very similar to who she is but yet you can watch um any one of these white girls like you could watch you can watch La La Land and be like oh no this isn't this is the Emma Stone. She's playing a part where, like, I have seen Emma Stone in real life give interviews and act just like how she acted in La La Land. <laughs> but it's accepted that she's actually doing a performance. I just want somehow for either us to flood literally the Academy uh, membership so we can just get people who can experience different the things. Nuance. So we're not just trying to appease people who may not be innately racist or have innate, you know, views of the world. It's just like you do. Yeah. We have to acknowledge that you do, and we have to get people in who have counter views so that more people can get in and succeed. Like uh, everyone's so happy about that Joaquin Phoenix um, video, and I'm happy he said it because that's the first time I've seen a white guy on the stage yeah. in that event saying that thing. But he's not saying anything that is new. He's just we just finally finally got a white guy to say it yeah. in public. Yeah. And the thing is, once he said it, I'm like. Will this change anything? God, I hope so. But now we're still just hoping that people will change their mindset. Like, that's yeah. what we're fighting now. It's like... Totally. We're fighting people's minds, which is so hard. But, yeah, yeah, that's all I got. I just want to say a few things. One, did everybody on the podcast hear where Jarrah said, your partners, and he referenced me and him together as John's partners? <laughs> How beautiful is oh. that? How beautiful is that? Because the truth is... John absolutely talks to Jerome more than he does to me every single day and a significant part of my life. We don't life. talk as much right now. Okay, I don't know. Then who is he talking to on this phone? Because he James is probably. he is doing this, looking at the phone while we're on the couch <laughs> yeah, he ain't talking in to bed. Me. So, okay, I don't know who he's talking mm. to. But mm. um, We both getting cheated on. Yeah, literally. Seriously, even with Steve LA Way. John. He's cheating with Steve Way. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> we got a whole new... But she has with a white dude? Yes, exactly. It's okay. It's okay. Steve's more thug than any of us. I love it. So what I think, I think the conversation that we had today is, I I think that this movie is is the peak and goal that we're looking for evidence of all the conversation that we had today where not only we get to talk passionately about the performances and creative choices and all of that and the script and all that but also because it's such a complex nuanced story it evokes a deeper conversation where we can all relate in our own lives to the story there and talk about it and we got an amazing conversation that was quite personal from all of us around this complexity because it touched into the complexity of our multiracial complex life and it touched on it and around and therefore the film evo- brings 
we we are feel seen in this and we get to bring more of ourselves to it because the film brought okay. represents us more than you know whatever the other films are that 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 miss the miss it and so that we just feel misunderstood or not represented at all and i think that's why we're fighting so much for this because we want art to do this and i think this film did it evidenced by our conversation today true all right well um <laughs> the yeah world? yeah i mean the other, the other thing is cool like loose is like don't do this well, there's just he kind of almost has like two personalities because oh, he has the wow. the person that he is. Wow, this is you, you know like when James does the person it. that he's supposed to be, and then the person that he truly is, oh. and he has to reckon that with himself. He has to look in the mirror, look at his other version, look at his. If anybody wants to just turn Gemini off the man. podcast now, look at his Gemini man. Look at his Gemini man. Yeah, he has to look at his Gemini man. Can we, you his know what? His twin, if you were. His this is Black Man Can't Jump podcast. I'm so where sorry. We review please. movies. Is Gemini Man a good movie? We please, review before movies. Before you turn off the podcast, right. please follow me at Tassandra we on Instagram. Please. Oh my God. We haven't even voted yet. Rate review this film. <laughs> it's time for the cause. Rate and review this film, not based on how much we like it, but whether or not it helped the cause more leading black actors in Hollywood. If we think it fully helped the cause, we give it a black fist. Somewhat. White palm. Not at all. Don't get out anything. Yep. All right. So count of three, we're going to raise our ratings for this movie. Here we go. One, two, Uh-oh. three. Three black fists. Three black fists. Three yes. black I mean, fists. Yeah. I mean, even though it didn't do well at all in the box office, not a lot of people have seen it. It's on Hulu now, which I think will give people access to, but especially because sure. it's one of those movies. It's actually a really good movie. Yes. I think it's a great movie to watch at home, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. I love people going to theaters, but like, it's kind of heady. It's a thing you want to talk about. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of the movie you want to pause and go, wait a minute, you know, and maybe rewind a little mm-hmm. bit and you like talk through the things that are going up while it's watching. It, and then you can talk to other people about it. Um, and I think this is the kind of movie about race. I wish this is the movie that Hollywood would look at and and and, and, and acclaim and, yeah. acclaim yeah. and promote because it's talking about race in a nuanced way and not the like very black and white like racism racism is bad it's like yeah. no this is interesting. It's like it's really questioning how not just white people but all of us view people of color you know when it comes to this stuff and how it's different because of the boxes that society puts you in you know mm-hmm. and how you have to contend with that even if you are quote unquote one of the good ones you know even if you have the privilege of being the exceptional negro you still have to live with this dynamic and it's like really hard and yet, it's hard. And yet, you know, like Deshaun, Deshaun I think, is it? Or what is it? The, the, the other black kid. Yeah. yeah. The other black kid was like, yeah, okay. Oh, it's hot. Oh, he's like, he's like, it's not like, I didn't ask for this. And he goes, oh, cool. You want to switch then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to trade? Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. I was like, damn. Because he was like, uh, yo, beautiful. I don't care what you're going through. What I'm going through is worse. We cannot stop talking about this movie because it is so beautiful. It's really good. All right, guys. Uh, you can follow us. Oh, wait. Sorry, Tessa. We're- Thank you for coming, you, Tessa. Thank you so much. Um, my Twitter, which I'm very inconsistently on, but love your messages and reaching out, is Well I T Claire. Um, I and, get it. And um, <laughs> my, but the the social media that I am more resp- responsive on is um, Tassandra T E S S A N D R A on Instagram, and um, I'm just like love when people reach out and shout it out and all that. That's so nice. 
Um, and um, if you like me on this podcast and see me as having some expertise and value more than just a little girl who's oh standing here as a supportive wife here and that maybe you think that I'm valuable, wow. please let <laughs> Black, man, <laughs> Black Man Can't Jump podcast hosts know that um, my my perspective is valuable here <laughs> and um, that they should keep on working on making sure that the voices of that are different than theirs is represented. Tessa, how do you always manage <laughs> Thank to Thank you so much for having me, a- gentlemen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. You can follow uh, the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Black Man Podcast. You can follow James the Third at James Third Comedy. Third is three RD. Um, and yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gerard Milligan. J E R H M I L L I G A N. Yes, and um, what can they follow our, you, John? You can follow me at John Braylock on Twitter okay. and Instagram. Uh, but also, uh, if you rate and review our podcast and give mm. us five stars, we will read your review on the air. And if your review happens to mention how much you value having me on this podcast, <laughs> it's not for me. It's just to help them understand something. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, enough of that. Um, here we go. Here's some reviews. This one, um, okay, actually, I think I read that one. This one is by DDM816. I laugh and agree every time. Hey, guys, love the podcast and been a fan since 2018 on Spotify. Every week, I look forward to listening to the setup to see how the title is going to be worked in and LOL literally when it fails. But love when I can guess seconds before that he is about to work it in. All right, thank you. Wow, it's so interesting. That's the review you chose. I bragged and repost episodes and told everyone that your Harriet Tubman episode was honest but fair. You all are the first podcast, and my rotation includes 12 other podcasts to convince me to join Patreon and support with actual dollars to hear your opinions more. Thank you. Loved Astronomy Club as well. Keep being awesome. Cannot wait to catch you all live in Chicago one day. Danny. Ooh. Oh, I, I was like, are we going to Chicago? You guys should go. I would love to That's go to Chicago. Nice. Thank you, Dave. Oh, I will be in Chicago this summer. Let's go. I'll go with you. Come through. I, I think I don't know the exact dates, but I will be in Chicago this summer. Chicago in summer is so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Winter, right. I'm like, oh, this place go. <laughs> uh, on Patreon, we're reviewing Birds of Prey. So Yes. Please go watch Birds of Prey. And... Um, that's that's it. That's all we got for you. Uh, what are we reviewing next week? I don't know. Maybe Just Mercy or Waves or Oh yeah, maybe Just Mercy. All right, well, let's do oh, Just Mercy. Yeah. If we get if it's still in theaters, I think that's the thing. Unless we have screen. Oh, that's before. true. It might not be. Um, well, we'll figure it out. I've seen it, so. and we'll see you next week. Peace forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. What's up, Black Men Can't Jump comic book fans? James III here to talk to you about my comic series, Junior, available now on Kickstarter. The ghost with the most past-due child support is back in four brand new issues of this semi-autobiographical supernatural comic series. It's got all sorts of spooky hijinks for fans of Beetlejuice, The Good Place, and The Mummy, stuff like that, and features award-winning artists from Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and more. It's available on Kickstarter through June 9th. Go to ruleof3inc.com or follow me at ruleof3inc on IG for more details. Donate today!